Okay, welcome to the shit show where we talk about really great movies. I'll, I'll introduce this uh, so-called genre because it's partially my fault. It's not really a genre, it's just a thing I like. I like spooky movies that involve the moon. And uh, <laughs> that's a lot. It's like, saying you, it's like saying you like pirate memory games. Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of... No, but what it really relates to is the lost cosmonaut or ancient astronaut stuff. I understand that to be fiction, unlike some people. And I like that incorporated into a story. Um, these three movies have some of those elements. So if we take them in chronological order, Moontrap would be the first one. Would somebody like to introduce Moontrap? Uh, after Star Trek, uh, Yuman, Chekhov, or... Uh, does anyone remember his real name? Walter, Walter Koenig. Koenig. So Walter, Koenig. yeah, after Star Trek, Walter Koenig went on to become an actor. And no, he didn't. He, no, uh, he didn't. I mean, <laughs> no, he was already to. an actor, arguably. Uh, yeah, I don't see any other <laughs> argument being made by anyone. No, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, so then, uh, so in Moontrap... Walter Koenig and Bruce Campbell are two guys who didn't get to go to the moon, and then they they are investigating a l- large lump of space junk. I can't remember why, because I couldn't read. They have this huge section of Bruce Campbell and Walter Koenig having banter at the start, in which was lost whether or not they were going up there specifically to uh, um, inspect the moon junk or the or was did they know that the space junk was there or was it was a surprise or I can't remember anyway I think they just stumbled they, across it yeah so that's that was the impression I got but I was like wait a minute why were they in space and it would have met, met... <laughs> it was a very contrived overstated scene to try and explain that they were nothing more than space janitors and there wasn't much excitement in being an astronaut anymore yeah. So anyway, they find a what is clearly an alien spaceship, and uh, Walter Koenig expl- gets out in, and does a, an EVA walk or whatever they're called, and he finds a dead astronaut guy, uh, a human-shaped astronaut, on a weird egg thing, and they bring them back to Earth, and it and the Earth, the magic computers on the Earth somehow figure out that this alien spaceship didn't come from space; it came from the moon. And it also has information um, about a, like, what? Point of order. The moon's in space. Okay, but it didn't come from outer space, as opposed to, like, the... Well, I guess there's no difference. As opposed to inner space? From, That's a different movie. It didn't, Maybe we'll get to it that. Didn't come from, it didn't come from interstellar space. It came from local. Like, so local, it's just the next one. And the, uh, and the pod thing he brought back that looks like a giant seed unfolds. It's, it's kind of... Like, the outside of it looks like this organic seed, but then when it opens, a 1980s robot is inside, and the 1980s robot steals a bunch of technology, and and the fact that it changes into a big, giant robot that tries to kill everyone convinces NASA that they need to go into space to investigate where it came from. And when they get there, there's a moon base and a lost civilization of people represented by one survivor in a suspended animation who finds Walter Koenig irresistible because apparently being old and incredibly hairy must have been that culture's version of being attractive. Well, I think and I think his wig <laughs> sealed the deal, but I, I I think I think that's probably enough of a synopsis because 
that's kind of the whole film. If we get into the the finer points of this, um, yeah, that's it. And anyway, there's evil robots on the moon. It's implied that they destroyed a Martian race. They're like the replicants from that episode of Stargate, but Stargate. Wait, came a after. Martian race or just like the, a moon race? No, a Moonshin, Moonshin race, Moonshin. Moon, a moon, and, a lunar, I guess, would be better. And they're called. Did I, did I say Martian? I made a mistake. But it's established they're called the Kalian. Was that? That's what they're called. No, those <laughs> are the, the right. alien, the the robot aliens. Yeah, are called Kalians, but um. And what are the moon, the lunar people called? I Humans? suppose I don't know, but I suppose because it's it's established when they uh bring the like mummified astronaut back to like analyze him on Earth. Uh, that it's human and from 14,000 years ago. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You see, okay, that was kind of... I, I Other people in the room found that lame. I didn't mind that detail because it would tie it into the ancient astronaut stuff that yeah. was floating around at that time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, was like, Ooh, they did nothing ancient, with it. Yeah. Ancient, oh, no, they did nothing with it. That is true. But the idea that ancient ancient humans figured out how to get to the moon... Or into space, that was like a cool pop culture idea. It was. Maybe a Christian were growing up. Yeah, but even know. yeah, and other movies in this relate to that. And well, I mean, it was Chariots of the Gods, which was the nineteen seventies. Um, the German guy who wrote that. But a, a little bit of background about this movie: a guy called Robert Dyke directed this. He he has only made one other movie, as far as I know, which is a terrible recent sequel to this movie. Oh and no! I was going to say Mars Trap. Yeah, no, it's it's called Moon Trap. Uh, something Earth Target, Target Earth. Earth. Holy shit! It's anyway. <laughs> anyway but just a bit of back. He he oh, was man, a guy. We'll get into this one later. We'll get into this one later. He was a guy who had worked briefly on Evil Dead Two, doing miniatures. Oh, oh maybe that's how he got Bruce Campbell. That's totally yes, how he got Bruce Campbell. But, yeah. He was a miniature guy, and he had done miniatures for Evil Dead Two. Oh boy! And that's so. I I reckon he did a lot of the uh, practical effects in this. And from all what of I've them were miniatures. Yeah, but but what I've what I've heard and read about this movie is that it was a big big deal trying to get this feature film made because it was basically made for no money, and it was sort of a can we pull it off? And I imagine the backstory of making this movie is far more interesting than the actual movie, but um. Yeah, so it's this low-budget independent film. He gets Bruce Campbell because he knows him. A guy called Joseph DeLuca did the music, who also had a music credit on Evil Dead Two. So this is like, oh nice. So this is like the Evil Dead Two B team decided <laughs> decided to go off and make this feature. I don't and know like, how they got. It was already a B team. That's why yeah. people love yeah. Evil Dead. No, but it was like the backup B team. It was like the the the, the dregs of the Evil Dead Two production. And somehow, I just want to say one thing. I just want to give a shout out to that music guy because one of the things I liked about the film most was the, not all of the music. You know, there's that one track, yeah. the one, the one track that's like made you feel um, like you were I playing Doom. Made you, yeah, the one track that made you pl- feel like you were playing Doom. I was like, oh yeah, oh I could get, I get into this. Well, well, like, it's, I could it's funny. The last time we spoke about this, one of the things I said, we'll get into this later, is Dark Side of the Moon and this movie. The guys who did the music were clearly in the same keyboard club. Um, yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, so this was a just club called the late 80s. It's called the, the shitty uh, movie Anonymous Keyboard Club with all these guys standing around in a circle saying, oh God. But 
so this is was this was a small movie that that you know it was a big deal to pull it off and so yeah so it's a small movie that's developed a big cult following because there's two guys from cult franchises in it and i think that's part of what, what makes this movie um interesting on reviewing this movie what i will say is that i thought some of the frames looked really good in this movie as in the way they were lit and the 80s-ness of it and the color balance and like there's that shot where the big creature is in the basement that really looked great the way it was lit from behind and i thought some of it had its own well no it, it looked cool but i several people when we watched it in the room asked why is there a spotlight suddenly behind yeah, it? But yeah but the answer because it looks cool was unsatisfying no yeah no i can't suspend my disbelief why would nasa just have spotlights in the bottom of hallways because because they knew someone was making a crappy movie um this for me go on somebody go on oh no i was just going to say that this is a a special so no what ramani were saying earlier so this is a film made by special effects guys Mm. as opposed to made by like film like the whatever you'd call the other type because the same thing happened with a film called wishmaster like wishmaster was made by some some guy who was like a world beloved special effects guy and he'd worked on loads of films i can't remember the name of him and but the film is garbage because he just didn't know how to make mo- movies i mean I, it's not like the special effects in, in moontrap are good it's just a shame about the rest of the film but like i would say like the little miniatures and stuff that was the, the most funniest int- part the most endearing would you agree it's the most endearing part of the movie uh <laughs> the yes of- but not the best part because the best part <laughs> we'll get to later when with I surprise you also with the effect. one mm-hmm. amazing part of this movie. Which was also a special effect. It was. It's like, so like, yeah, it's like when people like, oh, it's like, oh, I, I work adjacent to that. So maybe I could, maybe I could make movies because I've worked around so many movies. It'd be like if like a guy who was really good at making swords tried to stretch himself too thin and make a podcast. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly like that. Yeah. That wouldn't turn out well at all. And, and it doesn't. And it doesn't. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, there's there's so, there's so there's but there's some shots in this movie that I don't know. Like I think I'm trying to give it its dues, but like I thought some of the shots on the moon were relative. I know the gravity is an issue because they don't they're they're walking in what's clearly Earth gravity, but some of the shots were relatively well conceived. I know there's some matte paintings there, but I thought they looked pretty okay, and they had a bit of scale. And they had a. They obviously built or found a rover and a lander. I don't know where they got that stuff, or did they build it? Uh, you know, it's it's an ambitious thing for a small movie. Um, uh, how small was it though? That's the other thing. I don't have a number for it. And even if I did, I don't. I don't know how that would relate I, I, in nineteen nineties money. Yeah, I don't have a number. I heard it was very small. I heard that most of the surface of the moon was dry concrete. And everybody was choking and coughing for most of the movie. Oh, that sounds real gross. <laughs> I guess when you use toys instead of actors for a bunch of your shots, it like cuts down on the cost significantly. It's funny you say no, that. No, but they, they, yeah, they had a real, they had at least one, they had a real size rover for some of the shots. Although maybe it didn't I, move. I would assume <laughs> that they like 
got a, uh, a dune buggy chassis or something. And since they're all like practical effects guys and have just, yeah. out there, they probably just attached a bunch of stuff to it. Because you can get dune buggy chassis. Just But it looked like if you compare the, 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 the moon rover and this to, to another film we're going to get to later on, it looks almost the same. You know, it was a pretty good replica. Um, yeah, well, except for the shots when it was in motion, where it was two little action figures yeah, that, on a table. I, I you know what that. also looked like a good replica? Was the replica of Bruce Campbell's face that was stretched across that robot. If you ever want to watch a movie with Bruce Campbell's face on a robot, this is the one. It might be the only one. And that's the best part of this movie. Um, Lagan, what are your thoughts on all of this? Yeah, um, I I don't know if we get to the overall part yet, but uh, overall, I think this was the most entertaining of the three. Um, yeah, maybe not necessarily in in a quality way, but um, I, this was definitely the one that we all laughed at the most. <laughs> and it's funny; I'm not sure that. Even when at the time when it came out, it would have actually looked scary as opposed to funny. <laughs> you, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, it's not a scary movie. None no. of it looks scary. These robots don't really look scary. Um, Did it, we introduce almost... Lagan? Oh, hello. We never, we never introduced oh, Lagan. It. I, I, it's so... like a jump scare. I'm here now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's scary. Lagan. Yeah. Yeah, Lagan. Uh, is. What's your job again? He's he, uh, Lagan. Introduce yourself, but make it funny. Um. Okay. No pressure. I, I, okay, uh, that'll do. <laughs> I'm um, Mike's uh, personal assistant. Um. You know, I I fetch his slippers. Um. I I Google things for him. Uh. You know, he he he's letting me record this from his uh his bedroom while he's downstairs. <laughs> yes. What? What? It's okay. I tr- I treat him okay. Okay, Lagan. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Usually he's in the basement. <laughs> I know it's nice. Nice seeing some sunlight. This almost felt like um um like an action movie to me. You know, in that the uh, hero gets the girl and and saves the day. And... Yeah, the girl who has less lines than just throwaway characters. Than a waitress, yes. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of had nearly a 1950s quality to the treatment of the lady. You know, as in, here's lady. With the ladies. There's three ladies in this film, because we counted them, because when we noticed, we there's a, um Asian g- girl who works at oh, NASA. Yeah. She, she comes in and she's, she says, security alert, and then instantly gets killed by a robot. Yep. And then... There's the waitress lady at the strip bar who says, like, and a line stripper. to Bruce Campbell. Oh, but four she ladies. doesn't have any lines. But she doesn't have any lines. But, like, the, the character, the waitress lady has a line. And then there's um, Moon Girl. And Moon Girl has very little dialogue. But And is, is yeah, so you're right. It's, like, 1950s level. Yeah, it felt very, uh, it felt very uh, yeah, like a 1950s B-movie treatment of women. But maybe yeah, that was yeah. intentional. But th- this movie, for me, you know, like Lagan said, you found it entertaining. It's got charm. Like, like the effects are so hokey, and the miniatures are so hokey, 
uh, and the way it looks is kind of silly that it's kind of wrapped up in its own little charm and there's some of the shots are so choppy because it was clear that the guys didn't quite know what they were doing especially the the talky scenes there's a couple of talky scenes in the basement of nasa that are so badly put together <laughs> just so badly put together uh which kind of gives it its own kind of thing well that that was my one of my complaints was it actually we watched this film and dark side of the moon the same night so i can't remember but was it was it this film where they they repurposed what was clearly a nuclear power plant control yeah. as the nasa con- well i'm glad it's funny that's ex- that you obviously noticed that that's exactly what it is it was a, a nuclear power plant control room you can was see it? yeah you can actually see in the frame they didn't even bother to hide it maybe they couldn't hide it for safety reasons the control rod display panel which is yeah. which is just under the monitor they have of the what's meant to be the astronauts live feed but it's 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 the control rods oh cuz yeah. i kept yelling that's the same set from airplane 2 maybe it is maybe it's, was, maybe airplane it? 2 used the same location yeah could be could be but or, like it's yeah it was it's a set that clearly. they modeled after it's uh, no no it's not a set it's a um it's Chicago. It's pile one or pile two in Chicago. Oh. Oh, wow. I didn't know that you were so much of a nuclear head. You actually didn't recognize individual control rooms. Yeah, no, I, 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 I'm I, a nuclear file. I'm a nuclear file. So <laughs> much. Well, that sounds video dangerous. Of you saying, like, oh, God, over and over. <laughs> yeah, no. Next to a nuclear power plant. I, 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 <laughs> Next to Chernobyl. <laughs> oh, oh God! Look, up. it's a, it's, it's, it's. Oh God! It's a water cooled VRK. Oh yeah, it's gonna blow soon. But um, <laughs> I'm such a nuclear that whilst watching Chernobyl, the the uh, HBO thing, there was a visual reference that I got, and I and I don't think many other people got it, but I smiled. There's a shot of Pipriat. And there's red roses everywhere because Victor Brukanov in real life, the director of the town and the plant, loved red roses and he ordered that red roses be planted everywhere. Oh, wow. That is, huh. yeah, that's a very specific detail you got there. Yeah. Anyhow. <laughs> the H- yeah. Um, what was I going to say? The, oh, I was just mentioning the control room in that, yeah, I know that NASA features in very few scenes. But NASA looked cheap as chips. Oh, it did. In, like... what, what I loved was that like, <laughs> they stuck NASA badges to everything as if to yeah. remind people, it's NASA, it's NASA. It's... They just got NASA badges someplace and they stuck them to everything they could. Also, I was Cause... like, what do NASA have a bunch of guys with machine guns just waiting in the wings? Well, well, I, I assume asked so. the two of Americans. Course. I asked the two Americans on the podcast, and they said yeah, yes. This oh. is America. America. Everyone has guns. America. Now they're two Americans from liberal New England, so they might be exaggerating a little bit. Uh, yeah, but of course. Who knows? Of course, yeah. those pesky liberals. Pesky. No, pesky that's liberals. Us. That's pesky. Us. Yeah, Just but, ruining but everyone's the, um, gun fun. Yeah, but, but uh, the what was I going to say about NASA being? That's the scene. Where they have the scene to set up the shot later where Bruce Campbell fights the vending machine. He fights the a karate kicks the vending machine to make it spit out coffee. And he's like, we we don't take shit no from no machine to set up the thing Chekhov says later. later. But that, yeah, but that, it, it made NASA look so shitty. Like Bruce Campbell fighting a vending machine. No, but it looked, it, it meant, yeah, no, but it looked yeah. like, uh, I would say that was filmed 
an office block or a university campus. That's what it looked like, you know. Uh, it's wherever they could get to film. That line, we don't take no shit from no machine. To me, and, and this is something I mentioned, it just felt like, you know, when a foreign director directs an American movie, it just felt like a really, I don't know what any, what everybody else thinks, like a really stilted, hokey kind of a thing. What did other people think of that line? It felt like maybe, Chekhov's one-liner. Yeah, maybe Chekhov's. Because he'd already fired Chekhov's gun. Oh, yeah. So he needed a, che- of he needed a Chekhov's movie. Yeah, so he needed a Chekhov's gun. He needed Chekhov's, he needed Chekhov's, Chekhov's gun. Phaser? Yeah, he checked, Chekhov's he checked phaser. Off, he checked off Chekhov's gun, and then he needed Chekhov's one-liner, which is the follow-up to that that no one discusses. But I think that might have been just written first. They were like, oh... We'll have Chekhov shoot a robot and say we don't take no shit from no machine. And that might have been like what the film was constructed around. And that's why it felt weird. Like it might have been an idea they had way early on. And then when it actually came to film it, they were like, oh, this is kind of lame. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, they get to the moon. They find the base. They find the alien lady. Um, can we talk a moment? I mean, is she an alien? Sorry, she's, she's not they, an alien lady. Yeah, they do say that... The, I don't that see no human. US passport in her pocket. Um, can we talk a little bit about some of the technology in this film? Um, for nerds, this will be an interesting conversation. Can we talk... There's two things we need to talk about. The machine guns and the tent. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Actually... Yeah. They, I, 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 we looked it up, and so bullets would work in space. But the thing I didn't look up is because bullets have their own propellant. It turns out is, but the the whether or not it would send you flying backwards. Now they were behaving as if the moon had gravity, and it does. So I'm not sure what would happen if you fired a gun on the surface of the moon. Would you get thrown back? You'd I think get you'd get thrown kicked back. back a lot. There'd be there. You'd get thrown back, um, but like. There is gravity, so it would pull you back down. It would be like, you know, I'm I'm assuming I'm no moon doctor, but you it would be like jumping really hard on the moon, where yeah. you go up real high and real far, and then you come back down because the moon's yeah. gravity pulls you back. It's not like you're but shooting I, yeah, in space, sure. so you just go in a direction forever. But I, yeah, I don't even know, like, I don't know enough about the moon to know if you brace yourself with that work properly. Also, because the robots, I mean, and this was like a budget thing and a time thing. My main complaint about the guns was the robots, we were trying to figure out what animal the robots were as dangerous as. Were they as dangerous as a grizzly bear? No. Were they as dangerous as a mountain lion? No. And we arrived at, like, maybe a wild boar. The robots are about as dangerous as a wild boar. In that, although they're kind of bullet, the ones the one in NASA was behaving like it was bulletproof, and was very handy with the old lightning bolts. But the ones on the moon were garbage. Chekhov killed how many of them? But yeah, didn't quite they a have few. Special guns, special moon guns on the moon. Yeah, pres- pres- yeah I think presumably. Lakin, what did you think of the machine guns? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's, I, I see. If you look closer, I wonder if it's because the one on NASA got to steal a bunch of cool NASA machinery and become more powerful, and the like uh, ones on the moon had less stuff that they could put into themselves. But they had um, cool that's space alien moon technology there. No, well, I it wasn't 
made clear at any point in the movie, but that would have been a good explanation if they had bothered to explain it, that the ones on the moon were made from inferior stuff because they used all the good stuff building the spaceship. The ones on the moon were made from people. They actually get to that. When um, uh, Walter Koenig and the what's-her-name lady that has no lines get kidnapped onto the the, uh, robo-alien craft at the end... It opens up and like one of the robots comes down and like has some human parts and like a human brain and there's just like the equivalent of jars of like people parts on the wall and he's like oh they're they're using us for parts so the ones on the moon maybe were had some fleshy bits and bullets work real well on fleshy bits yeah it just seems kind of silly though that if they were alien robot constructor guys that they think oh humans there's a good place to start for spare parts you know just brittle terrible bones but um what what i quite like i quite like chekhov's tent uh (laughs) his tent that has a door made out of cigarette filters i quite like his tent it's ridiculous it's got a little stove in the middle it's got a magic door did anybody notice the magic door on his chest? Yeah, the door's super magic because it didn't seal itself and they could breathe in that motherfucker. Yeah, it's... I love his tent. <laughs> Very conveniently deployed for long enough... Just long enough to have sex and put like, back on their movies. Just, just, just long, long enough, enough to be ripped apart by a uh, fucking Bruce Campbell bot. Yeah, but that no, was... but that's what we're saying. Yeah. It was like the perfect lens. I mean, I, I don't know how you'd do it otherwise, but yeah, they inflate the tent... They go inside it, they have sex, and then Bruce Campbell breaks the tent, and we never hear from... Like, why was We never hear from the tent again. (laughs) No, but we never hear from the... I mean, I guess stuff happens, but, like, what was Chekhov's plan to just live in the tent? They already knew the surface of the moon had a bunch of monsters. (laughs) That that was the plan, just live live in the tent. Um, Yeah. There's a a Kalian tent monster somewhere now on the moon. Uh, That's right. There you go. (laughs) See that was the thing is actually I quite liked the idea of a of a robot that like needed to steal stuff to yeah. work. Um but I think the change that I would have made is that the aliens somehow somehow lured NASA back onto the moon for more parts because as it was they just kind of did stumble across the football seed thing. Yeah. It was totally just like a football or like a medicine ball. Yeah, there's a, there's, there's, there's there's a ridiculous shot it, it, which Mike referred to earlier when they initially in the first part of the film find the alien spaceship and there's a, there's there's a, there's a tear in the hull and it's just sitting there. Yep. You know, it's just, yep. just and he just puts just his, it out. <laughs> yeah, he just puts his hand in and pulls it out. You know, as as though there's there's earth gravity in space. But um yeah, I, I like the idea as well. I like the idea of this thieving alien that has to steal spare parts. It's established in the pre-title or title sequence that Neil Armstrong, uh, the, the Apollo 11 mission, was being watched by these aliens. That's established as well, so they've been, you know. But, um, yeah, I like I the mean, idea. I mean, that's what he thought. They like the, I like the idea of a thieving alien. There's a 90s, a late 90s movie with uh i think jamie lee curtis called virus and people oh, yeah. often refer to virus as an unofficial sequel to this movie now we haven't i virus wasn't part of the curriculum for this podcast but it if if you liked i know everybody really adored moontrap so that is uh 
prescribed viewing after Moon Trap is a virus. So you're saying that there's an official sequel and an unofficial sequel? Correct. Yes, yeah, Virus was a fan-made sequel. Well, fan-made with Sigourney, not Sigourney Weaver, Jamie Lee Curtis in it. it it's funny because, uh, you know, after the credits, they left on that, like, cliffhanger of, oh, it's going to happen in, on Earth. But I, yeah. I never thought they would actually get... They got to it, man. They got wow. to it. Oh, yeah, boy. Both, both two films. Although Virus... Um, does Virus mention the moon at all? I thought it was on a boat. Uh, yeah, but it gets it. The, the virus, the robot stealing thing, is transmitted. It comes from space. Spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> spoilers. Just kidding. This yeah, entire thing is this entire podcast is spoilers. No, I remember the idea of the like the and the ones in Virus they steal human parts as well, don't they? Yeah, that's the thing. It's it's remarkably similar. It's the same type yeah. of thing. It's it's a it's a much higher budget version of this. Uh, alien monster. Ah, fuck. It's funny that that one is also garbage. Yeah, oh, it's garbage. Yeah, it's a kind of thing that's, <laughs> but it's always going to be garbage. The, the, you know, just that fusion of human and and robotic parts is always going to be a bit. You know, if you told me that, like, and and it, this and a film about this is always going to be garbage, I would not have guessed. If you told me, like, oh, it's impossible to film. Uh, there's been three attempts to film Finnegan's Wake and they're all garbage. I would have been like, well, obviously that makes sense. But like, if you told me like a schlocky film about a robot that like makes cyborgs uh, is always garbage, I would be like, oh, really? I wonder yeah. why. Yeah. Yeah. Is, yeah. Is, is, is the Borg the only good example of the, the that type of thing? Well, yeah, it's like... It's of like a machine the, the, that takes these... human parts? Because yeah. I know... Uh, there's plenty of good movies where they turn a human into a machine, cough, cough, Robocop. No, but the other way around. But the other like way around, steals... it's probably just the Borg. Like, it's probably just the Borg, right? Was it, didn't, uh, Johnny Five? <laughs> Johnny, Johnny Five! <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> now he's really alive. What did Johnny Five, Johnny Five, Johnny Five didn't cut off somebody's arm and go, mm, spare parts. <laughs> No, no, it was a 10-year-old child. He peeled off the 10-year-old child's face and wore it. <laughs> and then he went, Johnny Five, stay alive. Then he truly was alive. He was alive, yeah, when he tore off that. Anyway, so uh, what do we... Do we want to wrap up or conclude how we feel about Moontrap? Uh, it was uh, dumb. Um, there, The only good thing was to fucking Bruce Campbell-faced robot... Everything else can I, go fuck itself off the moon. I enjoyed Moontrap, but not in the way I think it was aiming for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, 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 I enjoyed Moontrap. It's got hokey charm. It's developed a cult following. It's had a Blu-ray release since. It beca- because because it's got... remastered. Yeah, because it's got two guys who are already from cult franchises, it's developed a bit of a fan base. And I think... Oh! Go on. A, a, a closing note I want to make, which I think is very cruel, is so uh, the original Moontrap reads as a Walter Koenig movie with Bruce Campbell, his sidekick. Yeah. And he's not even in it for the whole thing. But now... On the blue, the Blu-ray release yeah. of Moontrap, it's a big picture of Bruce Campbell's face. And I think Walter Koenig still gets top billing, but it's definitely... Come, please watch this film with Bruce Campbell in it. Of course. For sure. And some of, even, 
some of the posters from the 80s for this movie had in big, as you say, in big type, Star Trek's Walter Koenig. Because um, yep. it was, you know, it was the late 80s start, you know, the original cast were still making movies. But, um, you know, I think, look, for me, this movie, it's fun. It's fun to watch with friends. It's got its own silly charm. I like it. Some of the frames in this kind of look comic booky, the way they're lit and the colors and... Yeah, it's 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 one of those eighties movies that's kind of fun. Um, also, this this uh, how did I come by this movie? About twenty years ago, I picked it up in a VHS store bargain bin. <laughs> that makes that's, sense. That's makes the truth. And you see, here's <laughs> here's the thing: they needed Walter Koenig to sell this movie, and it worked because I parted with my book fifty there and then. When I saw Walter Koenig's name on this goddamn thing. God, how much do you think you got in royalties from that? <laughs> <laughs> like, how, how much of that pound 50 Chekhov's pocket. Did Koenig get a, chen, a check? Chekhov's pocket. Did he get a check for a, like a cent the day after? Yeah. Okay, Lake and how are your feelings on this movie? What's your kind yeah, of final no, note? Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to say it, but the, of of the three, this is the one that I would casually recommend for okay. a fun night. Okay, because there are definitely a lot more scenes that we haven't talked about that that are really funny, like him talking to his son. Oh, that's so um, bad! It's and so they, bad. They were like working out together. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> like for character development or whatever it was. But it just comes out as like bizarre. Um, Chekhov's incredibly hairy arms, but it comes so across. Hairy. That scene comes across as so half baked. It's like someone's house they had for the morning. They yeah. got some kid off the fucking street and gave him ten dollars. You know, it just stinks of nothing about this has been uh, properly planned. It it's it's as you say, it's really hokey. What other scenes did you think were funny? I mean, just at the end, too, where, like, he has his fantasy life with his new lunar yeah. wife that he brought back to Earth. That doesn't speak. That doesn't speak. Like, that's that's the true uh, happy home, right? Oh, that's that's amazing. Yeah. But as I said, Man, like, uh, if, in a 1950s science fiction, that would have yeah, been totally yeah. acceptable. Man and his moon wife. Oh, Daddy, instantly, like, just... Oh yes, I I brought you back from the moon. Be grateful. So, you are mine. Therefore, yeah, you're my property. I found you fair and square. That's no, how our society works now. He is teaching her to speak in fairness, but because she's talking in broken English, you get that other 1950s fantasy of like the childlike wife. Yeah, that isn't like doesn't quite understand things, and that you get to explain everything to her. Yeah, and you get to be the protector and the care. I mean, essentially, yeah, he got a mail order wife. But instead of coming from the Philippines, he came from the moon. <laughs> <laughs> and he had to go collect her. So at least, you know, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, but I will say that this film wins the category of amount of time spent on the moon and the amount of time it took to get to the moon. Because it got there very quick. Yeah. Like, the, it didn't need oh, a whole yeah. lot of setup. Yeah, yeah, no, it, they got there very They got quick. there in as... They got there as quickly as the stock footage of the Saturn V rocket would allow them to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We've got... Yeah. 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 It was just... Oh, because the next film... 
Speaking of no fun at all and taking a long time to get to the uh-huh. game, we can uh-huh. let's talk. Let's talk about the next. Okay, movie. who would like to? Someone else introduce the dark side of the meme. <sighs> Brian, your diet to introduce this piece of shit. Oh God. Okay, so the dark side of the moon really doesn't have a whole lot to do with the moon. Um, so the dark side of the moon is about like a a spaceship crew in I guess 2020, which is two years from now, unless you're listening to this in the future, in which case it already happened. Um, that go to like fix orbital satellites or something. Um, and they're, they're on this mission and everything goes a little haywire and they find a ship in space that's like on the dark side of the moon or something. And it's an old, uh, NASA ship. Um, so they dock with it, which I don't even know how that would work. Um, and they find a, uh, a, a dead astronaut and they take him on board Commander Chris Hadfield. They find Commander Chris Hadfield on board. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like him. Is that uh, all right? Is that supposed to be a real person that I don't know? That is a real person. Yeah. Uh, apparently oh, so. Okay. Well, <laughs> guess I'm uneducated about astronauts. Uh, so they bring him on board, and um, he's not really dead. He's inhabited by the alien version of Satan or something. I think it's not, just Satan. I, I, I think, think it's, it's just, just Satan. Satan. I mean, they space. never they never clarify that <laughs> or anything else in this movie. <laughs> just so, you know, at you, some point, I was right. like, "Oh, it's aliens," and then they were just like, "Oh, it's the devil," and fucking make, oh, shoot something, movie. You know, I know. I think they did. I think they did. It was just. It was just Satan. You know how God created the entire universe in five days, five thousand years ago. If you met God, you wouldn't say it's space God. It's just God. <laughs> Similarly, unless there like, is a de- space God, who's just like that much more cooler than God. Well, I, 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 it clearly says in the Bible that there's just one God. Anyway, if you met Satan, he's not in space. He's not space Satan. He's just Satan. <laughs> right, right. So, but they like Satan. I guess they clarified, or Satan clarifies closer to the end of the movie that like yeah he's the devil or whatever but at the point where the evil monster is introduced there's just like what the hell is this yeah yeah so satan can take he he takes the form of many of various crew members in this to 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 elicit his evil doings the ultimate enemy of mankind the the evil that can never be defeated slowly inhabits people one at a time picking them off incredibly slowly and he can only pick them off if they're in this triangular area on earth or in the same triangle projected all the way towards the moon for some reason this this movie kind of feels like which have to be in correlation the prometheus crater on the moon and the bermuda triangle have to be looking at each other for Satan and to then, come out of his people, tri- tri- also triangle, I'm assuming, and just like <laughs> fuck with stuff. Yeah, but this like this one at a time, fuck with things one at a time. But this movie feels like other movies that we've spoken about, where there was four or five different ideas here for a thing. 
Mm-hmm. You know, there was clearly a number of different uh, competing ideas. Yes, and ideas. I wrote them down. Okay, that's... Dark Side of the Moon, created okay. in 1990. Yeah. Hellraiser, uh, 1987, which this movie directly took from being like... They tried to make when the devil inhabited somebody, make it like a Cenobite sort of thing, where he's like, I have such wonderful sights to show you, blah, 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 and all that stuff that Hellraiser did three years previous. Stole from the thing, in which was made in 1982. Uh, well, the second one, the first color one, was made in 1982. Um which this movie took from because there are a bunch of scenes of like oh who's who's the devil inhabiting blah 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 and like tried to get all body horror but failed horribly at that uh and obviously alien yeah like, i so think alien, alien was it was like alien but supernatural speaking of alien so there's a couple of things about this movie it opens with this star wars slow crawl and so you get the impression that their garbage barge is huge but then when it docks with the space shuttle, you're like, oh, it's not actually that big. But the inside of the space shuttle is huge. Oh, and my God. Yes. This, is, this is the thing yeah. we spoke about, even touched on in the last podcast. There's a shot in this movie where it's towards the end of the movie, and we'll get into that. But the, the inside of the spaceship is clearly like it's a set for like a sewer. Or it's something. an abandoned or warehouse, or yeah, it's a like an abandoned warehouse or, or a factory or something. And it's, it's like this is supposed huge. to be a NASA space shuttle. Well, like, here's the thing: by though. 1990, people knew what the inside of those looked like. Yeah, but this like, relates to knowledge. this relates to other movies to talk about. If 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 you were going for a surrealist, nightmarish kind of, well, it keeps changing around you. Fine, but I, I don't think they established that that's what was happening, and it was quite clear that. Like it looked like it looked like a multi-story car park, and they just stuck bits to it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but here's the here's the other thing about that that annoyed me. Right, so it docked with the the thing, and the inside of the space shuttle is huge. Meanwhile, the inside of their spaceship looks tiny, and even though, and here's the other thing: like the Nostromo from Alien, right, was supposed to be like a low rent, like garbagey utilitarian spaceship. And but it looked like a real living. It had loads of twisty corridors and big spaces and stuff. Like it was convincing. Whereas their one was not. It was like, oh yeah, we'll make it look like they're just garbage men in space, and that way we won't have to spend a lot of time making expensive sets. But the problem with that is they didn't like it. Didn't then it wasn't convincing as a spaceship. They should have established that they were either on a tiny spaceship, or that they. Um, Actually, that would have been the only way to go. Or spend more money, but they were never going to spend why, more money. Why, <laughs> they... why, like, on reviewing this, rewatching this, why was the mother computer a sexy English lady? <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, they were clearly going for, like, a Cartana-type figure, although that was probably later, but um, they didn't want to do any special effects, so they just got a woman and put her in her chair and made her act like a robot. Right. Well, here's what might here's what might have happened, right? They'd watched Alien, and so in Alien you have the idea that there's like human shaped androids yeah. and the, the ship in Alien has a female voice. And so they had some weird kind of misfire where they were like, Oh, we'll make the robot of the sh- on the ship a android that like the the robot on the ship uh, the ship's computer also has a body, but then they only got as far as that and then didn't do anything with it. Like they didn't ever walk around. My super dark theory 
was that maybe it wasn't an alien at all, or not an alien, a robot. Maybe it wasn't a robot at all. Maybe it was just a real-life lady and uh, that, that had something wrong with her brain that they turned her into the ship's computer and then they just dressed her up sexy because this film and the universe it's set in is awful. <laughs> yeah, there was, there was definitely a hint of that with all the male crew. But um, yeah, yeah Lagan, give us your thoughts on this movie. Yeah, uh, so like... I was enjoying a lot of the uh, shots. There were a lot of cool shots of like someone in the foreground and someone in the background and the focus would shift. Like there were a lot of good, I felt like there was a lot of good atmosphere. Um, but it definitely feels like, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the trend where an animation company will make a knockoff of like a Pixar movie. Of course. Yes. With a slightly different title. Um, like this felt like the horror movie equivalent of that. Yeah. Or yes, even yes. they're like oh, taking time. the title of a famous Plink Floyd album yeah. to trick people into like, oh, okay, this looks like uh you know, this looks like a movie that that I want to watch and it's not what they think. Is this like a early nineties version of like an asylum movie? You guys know about Asylum, right? The yeah. production company that yeah. just does all the things like Atlantic Rim. I would say, I would all say that stuff better than. No, I'm, I'm not actually sure this was a. Um, it was a ripoff of a whole bunch of stuff, but I'm not actually sure. Like, because what film were they ripping off? Yeah, you know, no, I, I, it's Dark Side of the Moon. No, but I, 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 I just think look stylistically. They ripped off a whole bunch of things, but there's a whole yes. bunch of movies from that period that would have ripped off. Remember, this is, Jesus, this is like 12 years after Alien, or 11 years. Alien was 1979. So this is a long ways away, but it ripped off, stylistically, it ripped off a lot of the big sci-fi horror stuff. But I, I just think script-wise and story-wise, it was a mess of four or five different ideas I liked the tie-in with the Bermuda Triangle, but it just felt poorly, poorly executed. Oh, remove all the numbers that except for six. What, what moment? Oh my god, that scene. I That was the scene that made me the most angry, is that when he's looking at the computer and there's the three coordinates for the Bermuda Triangle, and he's like, computer, remove every digit except six. And it just well, And then he's like surprised that it says, oh my god, these three long numbers... When you remove every number except six, or I just oh fuck yeah no. But the six. fact that he like, said it was so fact, bad. It was out. so bad. The fact that he said remove every number except six, and then was surprised when all that was left was <laughs> six. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> God. Is that, is that supposed to be a revelation? Yeah, but it was meant to be. It was meant it was to be supposed to be a book of revelation. It was meant to be. Oh my God! There's three. You just told the computer. To show you three sixes. That's oh, what you so asked it. <laughs> the mark of the beast. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So those, those, those... <laughs> that was a brilliant. Uh, that was a brilliant autistic lady forced to pretend to be a computer voice. Gregan, thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> that was wonderful. <laughs> that was wonderful. So this um, movie. No, but oh my god! I met I met Lagan when we were watching. It. I met him reverse so I could just be sure because I was like, that he did he because it would have been way better if he'd done some crazy piece of math, yeah, right? Yeah. If he was like cross reference those coordinates, the coordinates on the moon, and and then are you know something like some stupid piece of numerological math 
But no, it was just like show me sex. But you could see, but you could, you could you could see the writer. You could nearly see the writer of the movie at that point having a fucking aneurysm. Yeah, but like, <laughs> yeah, how do, no, but just the writer going, how do I get it to show the three sixes? How do I how, three sixes? I'll have a master computer to show everything except three sixes. That's what happened. Oh. That's that's oh. oh. Oh, do you want to hear something even sadder? Maybe, maybe, maybe the writer did work out a scene oh, where he does lots of bunch effects, of crazy math. The effects, and then, it, yeah. yeah, and then when the guys were like filming it, they were like, "We've just had an actor that nobody likes talk about math for ten minutes on film." So do you know what we're not going to do? But that's <laughs> they had like thing. a big long Goodwill hunting scene. Yeah, that, yeah. That's another thing about this movie is that. No one was likable or interesting, and Johnny Hero, who's just like Johnny Hair, you know Johnny yeah. Johnny eighties mm-hmm. hair in nineteen ninety. Um, yeah, no one in this movie is likable or interesting or uh, anything. The most interesting characters are the dead NASA guys. Uh, I thought the lady crew member <laughs> that didn't take no shit. She was, had the most personality. Yeah, she had the most Briefly. personality. Yeah, for a second, and then she was gone. Yeah, and then she got yeah. murdered because she's a woman in a movie in like 1990. Well, that was a little bit late, but you're right. She was okay briefly, and then if they had given the robot more lines, like because uh, you remember they were like they randomly and for no reason gave her a line of dialogue when she was destroyed. You motherfucker. And, 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 yeah. yeah, get away which from is, me, you motherfucker. Which is was weird. It made no sense. But then that backs up my theory that oh wait, she's not a robot. She's just a lady who's like a like a strapped like to a, a chair. savant. She's a she's a savant human Wikipedia strapped to a chair, and she's been a real person this entire time. And they just dress her up like that because they're gross. Yeah, I know. But that, I think that... we're also forgetting to mention that they do have a celebrity. Actor in here? Oh and, yeah, yeah, and Joe yeah. Turkle. Who? Uh, Sorry, say again, Joe Megan. Turkle. Joe Turkle. <laughs> who? Who did he play in the movie? Uh, he was the creepy-looking guy with glasses. Okay. Who was in charge? Okay. Maybe. And he was he was Joe Turkle. It said it at the start. It was like I'm featuring Joe Turkle as different name, and we were like, "Who the hell is that?" And we. Well, I pulled out someone else's nightmare rectangle and asked him to look it up. He was the guy from Blade Runner. He and was the Shining. Uh, Tyrell from Blade Runner. What was he in The Shining? I can't... Uh, oh, he the was just... bartender? Yeah. In, Tyre... in Blade Runner, he was Tyrell, and he had the same set of glasses and everything. Are those just his glasses? I guess. Like, he... <laughs> <laughs> he brought. He brings his glasses everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, because in Blade Runner, they looked kind of weird. It was like, oh, look, the boss of this company wears weird giant glasses. But then he was wearing the same giant glasses in this. So. Yeah, it's it's funny. This movie felt, and this is something we touched on before, this movie felt about five, ten years out of date. Like, it, it didn't look like a movie from 1990. You know, it looked like a movie from 1980. Uh, yeah. So many things about it just felt out of date and out of place well there's a lot of movies in like the early 90s that are feel like 80s they're movies. from the late 80s or mid 80s like that one that what's the name of that movie with arnold schwarzenegger where they try to remake total recall it's called total recall no 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 what do you mean with arnold schwarzenegger yeah 
He's in it as well, but it's Total Recall again. Yeah. Six six day. Oh, that's the one. Yeah, six day or something. But yeah, it's just Total Recall again. I've never seen I've never seen Six Day, so I just pulled that out of my ass. It's definitely worth watching as just for its dreadfulness. But yeah, but uh. So yeah, Dark Side of the Moon. Uh, one thing I liked, and this is just an aesthetic thing, I quite liked the shot at the end with all the oh toy airplanes and model boats <laughs> on the moon. I quite like that because Sorry. it was just obviously, hey, go down to the model store and buy some shit. <laughs> that was buy some vehicles. That was water-based vehicles. That that was how that happened, but I Ha! The idea of stuff from the Bermuda Triangle winding up on the moon, I quite like that idea. If they just did something with that idea, that was interesting. Yeah, no, that would be fine. The Also, Brian, there was some airplanes in there. There's way more um, airplanes at the bottom of the sea than there is submarines in the That's sky. True. The, um, <laughs> the, whatchamacallit, the... Yeah, no, I was saying that at the time after we watched it, the VHS cover of that film yes. when you when you go, went to rent it was that shot, the shot of all the weird shit on the moon, and you were like, "Oh, oh. God, that's intriguing. I wonder what this film is about that it has such an intriguing premise, having a bunch of old sailboats and World War Two airplanes on the, moon. on the moon." But then, like as like we said, this spooky film, which is ostensibly about the moon, spends the whole film getting to the moon. And then all we get is one measly shot, model shot of the moon at the very end. And like, imagine putting the very last shot in your movie uh, on the cover as if the, it related to the stuff in any... Yeah, like, it's just a film where they find a bunch of work. That would have, like, okay, so a big budget version of this, they're on the moon. Yeah. And they, and they find a bunch of old... Like they're like either digging. There's a mining operation on the moon that digs up a Viking boat. Yeah, like that's the start of the movie. You know, yeah, but that'd be, that would be way that would be great yeah, if they just did something with the Bermuda Triangle premise. There you go. There's spooky something something forces on the moon, and it relates to the Bermuda Triangle, and off you go. Um, yeah, I I wonder if they just like had a really cool idea, but then weren't confident enough to do that. So like, oh, let's set it on a spaceship where no one will really know what the layout is, and we'll be fine. But and, and also, yeah. and also, a spaceship, a spaceship set is much easier to shoot than the surface of the moon. As if you mm. don't have a lot of money, as Moontrap proves perfectly that uh, you know shoot, <laughs> shooting the surface of the moon with not a lot of money is tough. <laughs> unless, unless, unless you know Robert Dyke, then it's a then it's a walk in the park. They saw Moontrap mm-hmm. and they got discouraged. They saw Moontrap and went, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> they saw Moontrap and went, we have less money than those people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or maybe they had hired Robert Dyke and then saw Moontrap. Oh, no. So what's, what's our conclusion, people's Jerry Springer's final thought? On this 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 bargain basement of despair and decay. Uh, I've been inaudibly groaning in my mind, and now I get to audibly groan because this movie was so bad. I've forgotten how bad it was. Oh God! It just does all the things that other movies that before it did successfully, and just tries to smoosh it all together, and it goes nowhere. Uh, um, I thought, like I said, it was. I, 
the premise of the movie, like, I, I still think, even after watching this, and this is kind of like that other episode we did about Changelings, where the, the idea of spooky moon stuff has not been done justice yet. And I think there is a spooky film about the moon to be made that it just... Well, I haven't... That said, I haven't seen that film with uh, whoever it is, Moon. That film where the guy is on the moon. But uh, that's, that's not more, really a horror movie. I mean, that's more spooky isolation rather than spooky moon. Yeah. You see, the moon is compelling for horror because like you, like horror movies set in high hostility environments to human life like a desert or antarctica we've got plenty of those movies and i like those the moon is just sort of the uh accentuation of that you know where it really is hostile to human life and it really is desolation and if you fuck up you're stuck or you're dead and introducing horror elements there i think are great and like michael said i just I would love a really good spooky moon movie, but it 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 it's it hasn't happened yet. And having rewatched Dark Side of the Moon, I'd forgotten how little of the actual moon is in this movie. And if they had just done something with the Bermuda Triangle, and that could have been fine. Lagan, what did you think of the spooky moons? Yeah, uh, it probably didn't annoy me as much because I haven't seen as many of the reference films as you guys have. Yeah. So, like, a lot of the stuff they were doing was, like, interesting to me. Um, I will give a shout-out to Lactose Intolerance uh, being a plot point. <laughs> uh, yes. Because that was great. Oh, I yep. that. that was, like, one of the biggest plot points, too. <laughs> Chekhov's Lactose Intolerance. Yeah, Satan, as old as mankind, man's earliest enemy, the great deceiver, forgot to check that the guy he was pretending to be could drink milk. That's right. <laughs> as Satan's downfall this entire time was... Shit, milk. I forgot that bit, yeah. <laughs> uh, and I also do enjoy that it ends with um, the Captain Hare going out in a blaze of glory and blowing up Satan. Yeah, he blew Satan up with a missile. <laughs> he blew Satan up with a missile, and oh my god, it was like, oh, I don't, I don't know what to like. What was the idea there? That um, like, what, what was the difference between him blowing up Satan and himself with a missile and crashing on the moon with Satan? What's oh, the yeah. difference? Because yeah. that's where that's Satan true. lives. <laughs> He'd just go walk home. Anyway, yeah, so. I thought that this set a low bar for itself and it achieved it. Whereas like um, Moontrap and the next one, like they had loftier goals. Yeah. Yeah. And they fell short of them. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. um, Okay. Yeah. No, I agree with that. So (gasps) let's get Lagan to introduce the next. Yeah. Lagan introduce the next next movies, please. Okay. Um, So Apollo 18. uh, So Apollo one through 17 have happened but they cancelled Apollo 18 or did they um, so basically this is like a found footage uh, mockumentary of this secret uh, wiped from public record mission to the moon um, that runs afoul of uh, monsters and space madness <laughs> is that right? that's about right that's about yeah it's right. about right 
It's a very Secret sketchy one. After but I always, Apollo 17. I was going to say, with that, that's fine, because I find with the summaries, normally we get too detailed. Yeah, yeah, well, well, yeah. Well, yeah. I, 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 and, and so much of the exposition and the description comes in a review. Again, you know, I've been waiting a long time for a good spooky mood movie, and when I saw the trailer for Apollo 18, I thought, oh, this could be the one. And um, it's not a bad movie at all. It's found footage. We spoke on the last podcast about how it's very hard to make your new HD footage look like vintage footage. Um, I thought this did a moderately good job. I thought the way it looked, I thought it's a very good-looking movie. The barbecue shots of the 1960s NASA guys looked legit. The hardware looked great. The the art direction, the style, all of that looked great. The grading, the film to look like film looked good. There's some shots on the moon where it's clearly, you know, there's a bit of visual storytelling. They want their shots where the creature or the monster is visible. So they don't really downgrade them as much. They look like glorious HD. And for me, that's where some of the suspension of disbelief started to erode. Um, Really? That's where it started to erode? (laughs) Yeah, I, I went because, you see, the thing is, because I want a spooky moon movie, I went along for the ride. But... This suffers from a lot of the same problems as all uh, found footage movies suffers from in that why are they still filming? Why is the camera on? There's, there's, a, there's a movie that was made after this called Operation Avalanche and it has the same problems where there is no way a 1960s film camera could do the things that this camera is doing technically. You know? It, yeah, it can't yeah. just be passed around like your Sony HD camera and have autofocus and auto sound. It doesn't work that way. But I look, you know, I went, <laughs> I, I, I went along for the ride. So anyway, other people tell me. Other people say what they think. Uh, my my problems with this movie started like at the beginning with the intro that was like. Eighty-four hours of footage have been uploaded to LunarTruth.com, and I was like, "What?" Yeah, it was yeah, in the that's, beginning. That's what it like, says. Scroll or whatever. And these are the highlights. Yeah, yeah, basically, and it was like, okay, either you're breaking fourth wall hard here, or you're, I don't know, trying to invent some like conspiracy theory website for your movie. And well, that's probably what they did. I mean, they they probably did something like that. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. In your movie, because if it oh. was like LunarTruth.com was like the viral marketing website for this movie, then they just broke the fourth wall really hard in their movie. Which, if yeah, you're I... trying to build tension and like the the these aliens and blah 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 blah, then that's probably not what you want to do. Also, I'm gonna go to LunarTruth.com right now. It's still live. Yeah, you're going to be disappointed. I I go I googled it and it's 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 just a, an article. Aww. It goes. Nope. It's um, full, it's a domain for sale now. But hold a while. Yeah. Just actually something that I've just thought of, and I'm sure you guys will have heard of it as well. Is did this movie happen because a few years back it turned out that the lunar rock given to the prime minister of Holland was a fake? 
Mm, I didn't. I don't know that story. This is I don't a, know. But that would have this been. is the true story. The lunar rock given by Buzz O'Neill in the sixties to the Prime Minister of Holland is a fake. It's a well, true story. There's a lot of uh, moon rocks that um, have either been fake or been stolen. But this was fr- was it fake? This was from NASA. NASA gave Holland a fake moon rock. It was petrified wood. This is true now. This isn't a conspiracy theory. But I'm wondering. Yes. But uh, but no, this this is not a conspiracy theory. They gave Holland a fake <laughs> moon rock, right? So I'm just wondering, was this how the script for this started, where two bras were drinking in a bar and went, oh, did you see they gave Holland a fake moon rock? And the guys were like, yeah, why did they give Holland a fake moon rock? And off you go, because the rocks contain something. Well, I think maybe that, but by 2011, there were a lot of like moon rocks that had gone gone missing. Gone missing, yeah. Faked or something. Because there's a couple other well, smaller stories. And by, yeah. By 2011, there were a good amount of those stories. But here's what I think as well happened, which was kind of garbage, is they wanted to um, make the threat of the moon rocks uh, seem like it's a garbage goal, but I think there was they were trying to connect it to Earth somehow. Yes, yes, like, yes. And, and the only thing that's being brought back to Earth is from rocks. the moon is rocks. So they're like, well, how can we make the rocks that got brought back Threatening. spooky or scary? And this is what they came up with, which I don't think was very good, but, you know, whatever. Like, yeah. I, I, I actually thought the... Um, uh, it was a little bit slow, but I the the only part of this film I thought was great was when they come across the Russian oh, lander, so great. and you're like, yeah, because the I was like, oh wow, they researched what the actual Russian lander looked like. Like you were saying, a lot of stuff in this movie they actually bothered to res- research what the stuff looked like, yeah, and then they just came up with like a garbage like premise for a the the spooky thing which should be the star of the show was the lamest part yeah of because movie. it was a very generic crab kind of thing also there's there's i believe there's four alternate endings to this movie what yeah on, right. on the dvd there's four alternate endings there's one where a big crab comes into the russian lander and basically eats the guy oh that's cool um and there's, uh, there's footage on YouTube as well where the guy flying the orbiter makes it back. And he's been spoken to. And he's saying, fuck you, man. And fuck you, man, you killed those guys. And the NASA guys are like, the Russians have these things and they're using humans and they're testing them on humans. Hmm. So there's Well, that, that, would, that would have at least made the whole why does NASA want them make sense. Yeah. If the ex- had ex- but because the Russian lander is up there, unless the Russians had other landers too, yeah. th- there's there's no way for them to have. And it would be kind of lamer if they had come across the base of a Russian lander, like if they've just come across the tripod that it launches back yeah. from. That would have been way lamer than coming across the full pod. Yeah, you know, visually, the as I said, the film is re. I just think visually it looks great. The Russian lander looks great. It's creepy. There's, there's, there's also footage that didn't make it into the movie with, with, with corpses and stuff, Russian cosmonauts. but uh, and, and, of course, the lost cosmonauts, uh, conspiracy theories, this uh, attaches itself to that nicely. Um, yeah, I, uh, 
it's, yeah, I like this movie. There's things I like in this movie. I know it's not perfect, but there's a lot of things I like in this movie. But uh, yeah, the as you said, the crab monsters feel very uninspired and very lame. I, it was, well, I mean, if they're trying to go for any amount of realism, it's not like they could make like some sort of tiger alien monster on the moon because that's not a thing there's only rocks on the moon they would have to be some sort of rock monster or like in moontrap robots like they could have but i think even if they had just done uh it would have been more generic i think but less silly if they had gone the ancient alien routes that the russians had gone there and the Americans were now going there because they're both looking for the same thing, that it's like a 2001-style alien artifact, and the alien artifact is, um, you know, they picked up a signal for it, and that's why they landed so close to it. Like, they're both looking for the same crazy artifact or something. Like, you know, like, like it doesn't have to be a living thing. that like Because once you have a living thing, that makes crazy, like you said, like, it can't be a tiger because what does it eat? Once it's a living thing, you start asking all these questions like, "What do the rock monsters do all day?" Yeah. If if they all all they eat is astronauts. <laughs> yeah. Or what do they do if there's no astronauts to eat? What do they eat instead of that? You ask these hard hitting questions when they're like, "Here's a monster," but if you're like, "Here's a random alien artifact monolith thing," and it does weird stuff and is all mysterious, like, it's fine. That's oh, way it's better. an alien thing. Yeah, oh. yeah. you can just be yeah. sort of hand-wavy with, why is this horror thing happening? Why Why are all these people fucking around this way? It's because weird alien artifact. You don't have to get into it. Yeah, and that's that's the, the problem. Uh, Lagan, what did you think of Apollo's 18s? Yeah, so it's funny because when I think of a, a found footage movie, I almost think that like, oh, this is something they did to make it easier for themselves. Because you can just, like, give an actor a camera. Yeah, yeah. And off you go. But they almost made it so much harder by doing a moon one. Um, that, it, <laughs> like, I'm impressed by the ambition of it. But also, there wasn't any point where I believed it was real. Yeah, yeah. Um, especially with the way that they, like, highlighted the monsters, like, scraggling around and stuff. Yeah. You made an interesting point there, Lagan, is the... What year was this made again? 2011. And Blair Witch was um, 1999. Oh, that's a big gap. Were found yeah, footage gap. movies the, the hot, like still the hotness in 2011? No. Or were they starting no. to... No, I don't... No, 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 no I don't no, think no. so. And, 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 and as you say, even as what, when I was watching this, because I love uh, the, the Spooky Moon idea... I was watching this going, this would be so much better if it wasn't found footage, if it was just a regular movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah the, the only thing the only thing I could think of, but you've just said it wasn't true, is if they went with found footage, not because it was really making it easier, which is the reason it started, but because they thought, oh, well, this is how horror movies are made nowadays. Like, it has to be Yeah, but it, but, but it is easy, you know, it's easier to make a found footage movie, and this relates to discussions we've had before where some filmmakers refer to it as a style and this and this movie suffers from that slightly. Obviously, if this was found footage from the sixties, it would look nothing like. I think yeah. they try to get around that by being like, "Oh, look at all the different types of cameras that we took into space." But like, doesn't yeah, look that but way, they, buddy. But the thing the guy said, he was like, "Oh, we have so much film 
Like the guy mentions that, like, oh, we have so much film for these film cameras, and I was like, oh, don't mention their film cameras because that makes the that makes me think about is it film cameras that are are those like a fancy version of some film camera that's able to record sound that I don't know about because it looks like an eight millimeter camera like what they did have, but those couldn't record sound, no. so they're using something. So they're using something else to record the sound? Or is that something else? Like, if they'd even said, like, some... Like, I don't know, I'm an idiot. If they'd even said, like, oh, this is transmitting the footage directly back to NASA somehow, mm-hmm. that would have, like, made me not think about... Yeah, and... and but, like, like you said, the, the actually, well, it might have been cool, all in black and white. The only footage you could transmit at the time from the moon was grainy black and white stuff. Yeah, it might have been cool done all that way. Um, yeah, and of course, yeah. it it doesn't resolve the problem of how did this footage make it back to Earth? But anyway, what if it yeah, was they kept broadcast. saying like, "Oh, it's our mission to we need to make sure we bring the cameras," but then it ends with a a crash. So I don't know. Yeah, if it if it winds up <laughs> with them all exploding, where the hell is the footage? The did footage they recover it? Been, the footage would and well, the footage from inside the um. Uh, launcher, the Russian launcher, as it explodes, that had just begun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and uh, but like all the stuff, I mean, it would it would have to mean that an Apollo nineteen recovered it, which implies all sorts of other craziness. It implies a sequel to this movie, which I am not for. Mm. Uh, so yeah, yeah, um, Apollo eighteen. Yeah, I, 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 I suppose my uh, fever for. A good spooky moon movie means I'm prepared to watch this stuff and sort of probably treat it uh, with undue kindness. Uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed this movie, um, but it's very problematic, sure. But I, I suppose I liked the way it looked and I liked the premise. And psh, the aliens are a bit generic and boring, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I liked the way it looked and I liked the Russian lander and finding the Russian dead Russian guy and that was all cool. It was just the, it was yeah. just the um it, I mean there's no way to film it, but like it would have been even cooler if um it would have been even crazier if there was an, a, a crazy Russian on the moon or maybe there's like a, it's a space madness film. It's just a space madness thing. Mm-hmm. And the guy thinks that there's still a Russian on the moon. Like the other the other astronaut goes missing and he thinks that there's still a cosmonaut on the moon. And that's the thing is that you build a whole film around just a guy going insane on the moon. That'd be great. Yeah, that was called Moon. But that'd be great. That okay? Well, I didn't. I didn't see that movie. No, but that'd yeah. that'd be great. I mean, as a horror premise, is there an alien? Is there another Russian on the moon? Is he insane? That, like that's great yeah. premise for for a, for a spooky moon movie. Also, um, the only thing that I can think that relates to this that I liked was the dark of the moon. Transformers: Dark of the Moon. There's a piece in that movie. <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah. Okay. Transformers: Dark of the Moon. The Michael Bay movie. There's a piece in this movie, in that movie, and it starts with uh, Buzz and Neil on the moon, and they the NASA switch their video to the video we all know of. This is one small step for man, and there's the what they're actually doing, which is finding this ancient base with transformers. Right. That's because Michael Bay doesn't believe in the moon landing. Yeah, but when that when I saw that trailer first in the theater. 
whatever how many years ago i was like oh god is this the spooky moon movie i always oh fuck it's michael bay (laughs) (laughs) but like no but the lost cosmonauts thing absolutely fucking haunts me even though it's probably fiction and i say probably because did you ever you've mentioned it a bunch of times now have you ever explained it do you want to explain what the last cosmonaut is to anyone who's not anybody who's not familiar? My understanding of it is that during the space program in Russia, there was cosmonauts that made it into space, but that essentially they were lost cosmonauts in that. Pro- before, before Yuri Gagarin. Yeah, that, or, or even, or even after. Who knows? But that, whatever, due to technical breakdown, technical failure, it wasn't possible to bring them back. So that they were just off you go in space, you're fucked. <laughs> Um, and that's and that that idea haunts me. That level of no, but the reason and the reason this is a urban legend is part, well part of the urban legend is guys in Italy claimed yeah. to be pi- to be picking up transmissions from low Earth orbit of Russians saying very creepy things like hello help, hello help. please respond yeah and, and, help please and also and also <laughs> th- those those famous or infamous radio transmissions into Italy were meant to be a female cosmonaut, which makes yeah. it slightly yeah. worse. And, and of course, Russia was progressive that way at the time. But, um, yeah, no, that stuff absolutely haunts me. I know it's probably a conspiracy theory, but I still think that it's the desolation um, and the isolation and the, that's it, you're, you're, you're screwed, you're completely and utterly screwed. Just the, the, the expanse of space um and the fact that there's so much of the soviet space program that's only been declassified recently which sort of makes you it makes the conspiratorial part of the mind go i wonder because there's been quite a few things uh that have only been declassified recently and of course because of russia's callous indifference to life uh (laughs) you know you kind of go it's it's possible you know maybe it's possible yeah, 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 yeah. So, will we will we give our final thoughts on these three movies, each and every sure. one of us? Who wants to go first? And this uh, is I like... just want to add um, before yeah. we get off yeah. uh, Dark Side of the Moon, NASA did directly ad- address it in an article. Um, oh, really? You, you mean you, Apollo Apollo eighteen? Apollo eighteen. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Um, because uh, Mike, you mentioned at the end that it would be horrifying if they used the names of like real uh, astronauts that got lost um and, and it's not um okay. because as we've said the leftover crew for previous apollo missions would be the ones that manned the canceled ones yeah um and nasa also did like one of the uh technically things where um an earlier apollo mission was canceled and the numbers were shifted so technically apollo 18 was never canceled it just became Apollo 17. <laughs> Good research, guys, who made this movie. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, yeah, that's a that's a very NASA technicality to pick yes. up. It's, it's it's very a, much so. Yeah. <laughs> Jerry Springer's each person do their final thoughts on these movie. I'll go first. I would say, uh, yeah, the um, Moontrap is, is good and fun to watch with friends. Um, Apollo 18 and and out of, out of Apollo 18 and Dark Side of the Moon 
I think Apollo 18 is slightly better, but neither of them are really worth watching, which is a shame because Apollo... I was angry at Apollo 18 because they had the money to make a good movie, I thought, and then they didn't. Whereas Dark Side of the Moon clearly had no money and it was, and they managed to make a film anyway somehow. Although I hear that Moontrap also had no money and they made a film that's slightly fun. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, I suppose my thoughts are kind of similar in that um, of the three movies, the two that I might recommend are Moontrap and Apollo 18. I wouldn't recommend Dark Side of the Moon because it's it's even though it had a lot of Ha, it had a lot of 80s interesting things and visuals. It's not very memorable as movies from that genre or that period go. Apollo 18, I like. I like the way it looks. I think it's visually striking. Um, I don't know, is it a good movie to watch with your buddies? Apollo, oh, sorry, not Apollo, Moontrap is. Moontrap has a hokey, fun 1980s charm to it. And it's got it's got a lot of fun, silly things. So I'd probably recommend uh, Moontrap on Apollo 18, the other movie, give it a miss. And um, yeah, that's 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 where I'm at with the spooky moons. It, for anyone who can't see, Christian is falling asleep in his chair because of all the Sudafed he took. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I think that um, Moontrap is campy and has Bruce Campbell, which is great. Um, Apollo 18 did make me talk the most about it after watching this movie. Okay. Even if it was like, why are all these things happening? None of it makes sense. Oh, how could rock monsters exist? And blah, 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 blah. How could any of these things actually happen? Or could they at all? Um, so it made me think the most. Okay. Uh, and Dark Side of the Moon was just garbage that tried to steal all the good parts of other movies and smush them together and not achieve anything. Yeah. 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 Um, I really admire what Apollo 18 was aiming for, but I think it went on too long and didn't achieve what it was originally aiming for. Like, good effort. Um on the other hand, uh, Mootrap is an example of something failing successfully. <laughs> uh, like, I, like it, it, it was trying hard at something. It just didn't get there, but in a really entertaining way. Yeah. And then Dark Side of the Moon was just... It, it did some things well. Like, it, it's the most forgettable of the three, I think. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. So if you had to send one in a time capsule up to the space or whatever, I'd choose Mootrap. Yeah. <laughs> Send moon trap to the moon. Yeah, it's yes. it's funny because yeah, Dark Side of the Moon had maybe even more money than Moon Trap, but it's it's just forgettable. Yeah, it's just a very also massive demerits for the least amount of time on the moon. On the moon, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. God, and I'd forgotten that when I when I was putting this genre together of the spooky moon. I'd forgotten. Well, that. well here's the thing, Christian. Here's the thing. We're not going to blame you. Because normally we're like, oh well, it's not the it's not the film's fault that it doesn't fit into the artificial genre we've made up. But it's called Dark Side of the Moon, yeah. So you false fucking advertising, yeah. It should have been should have been called it. It's in space, yeah. It dark, yeah. It should have been called <laughs> Dark Side of Space. space. It should have been called Bermuda Space Adventure. Um, there you go. <laughs> 